Hello and welcome to 99% Fad Free, the nutrition and health podcast. I'm your host, Tara Leong. I'm a nutritionist and I like talking about nutrition stuff through my microphone and into your ears. Today we are talking about pink salt because all the wellness bloggers are telling us it's really good for us but then you've probably seen on the news the recent study that's came come out to say that it's actually bad for us so oh my gosh where do we start how do we know what is correct (laughs) well that's what we'll look at today If there's one trend that drives me absolutely crazy is the trend of pink salt. It's exploded onto the health and wellness scene. You may have heard of Himalayan pink salt and that's a popular one and now we are even finding Australian-based salt companies producing this stuff as well. It's all over the internet as a healthy salt and I'm doing my inverted commas rabbit ears there. A source of nutrients and being able to provide us with a dose of iron and even calcium. Health food cafes have healthy salted caramel bliss balls on the menu and they're topped with this lovely fancy pink salt. And food bloggers and Insta-famous wellness people are going nuts for the stuff, telling us to add it to our water in the morning for good health and add it to our cakes and all sorts of things. You may have also seen the recent headlines saying that pink salt is bad for us according to a new study. So what the heck is the answer? Well, today we're answering the question as to whether pink salt is healthier than normal salt. Salt is made up of sodium chloride and it's found naturally in lots of different foods such as eggs and shellfish and even milk. It can also be extracted from the ground and refined into a product that we then add to our food. It's been an essential ingredient for modern life because we use it to flavour our food and we also use it to preserve food so it can last longer. It's important for our human body. Yes, that's true, because it actually regulates the fluid around our cells. It's really important also for conducting the nerve impulses from our, our brain down our neurons and also for muscular function. Although it's really important for our body, unfortunately now the modern world and the rise of packaged foods has actually meant that around the world, and particularly in Australia, we're actually eating more salt or sodium than our body needs. The World Health Organization recommends an intake of less than two grams of sodium per day in Australia. Recent data from when we took a big survey in this country that looked at what people are eating in Australia actually found that the average intake for Australians was that was 2,400 milligrams per day. This is actually above the 2,000 milligrams that's recommended by the World Health Organization. But get this, the problem with this figure is that this didn't even take into account the amount of salt that people are actually adding to their food at home during cooking or in restaurants when they're eating out. So for example, when we sit down to eat our steak and we put salt from the salt shaker on our steak, or adding a little splash of salt to our spaghetti bolognese while it's in the pot. 
the figures that we have on Australian intake is only in t- taking into account the salt that we find naturally in food, and that's in very small amounts, but mostly that 2,400 milligrams is in fact coming from the packaged foods that we eat. And it's actually predicted that it's closer to actually 3,600 milligrams per day. Now, to get an idea of how much sodium your body needs, Australian guidelines recommend about 460 to 920 milligrams per day to be an adequate amount. So that's how much our body needs to be able to do all of the functions that I mentioned before. So our current intakes of over 3,600 milligrams are way over what our body needs to function. The issue with excess sodium is it can actually increase our risk of heart disease and this is because it can increase our blood pressure. This is because sodium and water are best buddies. They're best friends and they go everywhere together. Wherever sodium goes, water follows it. Now, when the sodium is actually in our blood vessels after we've eaten it, the amount of water in our circulation will also increase. Now think of your veins and arteries like a a big network of garden hoses. They're a really important system to get the blood from our heart and deliver it to all of our tissues and organs around our body. But then when they have too much water in them from having too much sodium, this actually increases the pressure within that blood vessels. So you think of it like a hose and when you suddenly turn on the hose really, really full, lots of pressure, lots of water going through that hose and you actually put the nozzle turned off so that hardly any water can come through, the pressure in that hose builds up and increases and that's the same as what happens inside our body when our blood pressure increases. So we know that too much salt is not very good for us. So why do we have this fascination with pink salt? Is it actually healthy for us? Where I can see the confusion comes from here is we're being told that it contains nutrients such as calcium, magnesium, and potassium, even iron. Interestingly, a new study by Nutrition Research Australia has actually tested the pink salt samples in Australia, over 30 of them, and found it's not amazing at all. Yes, they did find it contains more of these nutrients than your normal white table salt, but the levels of these nutrients are ridiculously low. In fact, it contains 2,695 milligrams of calcium in one kilogram of pink salt. To calculate this out, which I do love to do, even though I hate maths, I love it when it when it's all about nutrients for some reason. When we calculate this out, it's 13 milligrams of calcium in the five grams we should be limiting ourselves to per day. So if we were to have the most that we really should have per day, we'd be getting about 13 milligrams of calcium from the pink salt. To compare this, a glass of milk contains 300 milligrams of calcium. Iron is also one that gets thrown around as a reason why it's a healthier salt. But this is another example where people give crap advice because they don't have the skills to actually analyse things properly. In reality, we get... 0.315 milligrams of iron from 
a day's worth of pink salt. Now, when you calculate that out to grams, it's 0.000315 grams of iron. (laughs) To compare this, women need, need 18 grams of iron per day. And remember, that in the pink salt there is iron and it's more than white salt, but it's 0.000315 grams of iron. So it's absolutely nothing. The study also found that pink salts tested had higher levels of minerals such as aluminium, barium, silicon, sulfur, and things like lead. One pink salt sample, which was from Peru, contained a high lead content, which was which actually exceeded the maximum metal contaminant level allowed for salt. Lead's unable to break down in the body and builds up, which is where the danger lies with this. Now, the levels of these minerals, things like aluminium and silicon and sulfur, they were actually very low. It's just funny because we're in the same sorts of levels as the things like iron and calcium that is what gives it its health halo at the moment that people are trying to, the the reason people are buying it is for these nutrients. And really the levels are very, very, very low of those nutrients, but it's the same levels of those nutrients for the bad stuff that we shouldn't really be putting in our body. So what this study shows us is, yes, Himalayan pink salt contains more nutrients such as iron and calcium, but when we look at those levels, it's really insignificant and quite useless. And we shouldn't be thinking of a salt as a source of these nutrients because when we're eating the Himalayan pink salt like it's a healthy thing, we're also increasing our intake of the sodium. And yet we already have enough sodium from the average Australian diet anyway. There's not many people in Australia or worldwide that really should be eating more salt. The study also highlights that to get any type of benefit, you would need to actually exceed your apple level intake of sodium by almost 600%, which then puts you absolutely way above the amount of sodium you should have each day and would likely increase your risk of high blood pressure and cardiovascular disease and other vascular diseases such as stroke, kidney disease and, and possibly even stomach cancer. And I think that's what get, gets me so riled up about this trend and I've been actually lecturing about this pink salt trend in my course at, at the university for the Bachelor of Nutrition students um, for uh, four years or five years or so now Um because this trend has the potential to actually harm people and that's why I get so angry about it. The fact that people are recommending it and giving completely false information and that it can cause serious consequences, it really upsets me. And there are a lot of people recommending this and the people that are recommending this pink salt are people who don't have any qualifications in nutrition at all. So that Insta-famous Brisbane girl t- telling you to add it to your bliss balls or, or add it to your water in the morning could actually cause someone to even have a heart attack or stroke because they're exceeding 
the amount of salt that is required by the body and increasing their risk of those diseases. And that's what, oh, I, I mean, I've got goosebumps now talking about it because unfortunately these people who are giving this advice, they don't understand the ramifications of getting their advice wrong. They don't understand how serious it can actually be. So let's start to see pink salt for what it really is. It's not healthier. It's not a source of nutrients. It's not a good way to get iron and calcium. Use it if you like it. Heck, we use it. I've got um, a container of it downstairs right next to the stove and we use it. If you can afford it, use it because it is expensive in comparison. But use it knowing that it is what it is. It's a salt. Remember, foods easily become hyped up health foods and become popular because of social media and the net. And food fashion is no different to clothing or music trends. Nutrition and food go through those same trends, those same ups and downs as, as, as Beyonce and as Ariana Grande and all of those people. They rise to popularity based on their marketing budget, their PR team, and, and, and then who's helping them spread the word. And that's the problem with social media is the word gets spread and it goes round in circles and then it just keeps getting regurgitated. But um, I'm pleased to see that some health professionals are starting to speak up about this now. Try and remember also that because something has a more expensive price tag, which Himalayan salt does, doesn't automatically give it health benefits. And likewise, because something is less processed, it doesn't make it automatically good for us. The issue with the Himalayan salt also is that the food miles that have gone into it and also the issue around child and slave labor labor in producing that but that's a whole nother podcast episode in itself i'll leave you with one last thing if you're trying to reduce your salt intake or sodium intake you can do this by looking at the label on the back of any food product and always look at the per 100 grams column so not the per serve column but the per 100 grams column Anything less than 400 milligrams for a packaged food is considered okay. Packaged foods usually have quite a lot of salt in them so that the shelf life is extended. But if you're trying to reduce your salt, looking for foods that are less than 140 milligrams per 100 grams is best and that's usually a low-sodium food. Now, if you are picking something up at supermarket and it's 170 milligrams, for example, doesn't necessarily mean that that's a high sodium product, but you can use that guideline to just compare products, things like cereals, um, pasta sauces and things like that because quite often there's a huge difference in the sodium content between different products. So having a look for one that is a bit lower in sodium can be really helpful. That's it on pink salt. I hope you found that useful and thank you for 
the research conducted by Nutrition Research Australia. I'll pop the link to that study in the show notes so that you can go and check it out for yourself if you'd like. And also thank you to everyone for watching the TikToks that I've been doing. Please come and find me on TikTok. Just look for Nutrition Guru. And then I'd also love to thank you to all the people who've left uh, reviews on the Apple Podcasts app because that helps the podcast rank in the charts. And da-da-da-da, the podcast actually has hit number one a couple of times in the last few weeks for nutrition and health and also uh, for fitness and health in Australia, which is just amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for everyone who's listening and sending it to friends and leaving reviews and things like that. It's just so amazing. It broke into the UK charts on Apple as well at number six, uh, which I haven't done before. So that was a bit exciting. And it also broke in at number 40 for nutrition in the US charts, which is I've never done that before at all. And there's a big billion nutrition podcasts um, that rank in the US and all about dieting, you know, the just the the really popular stuff. So for my little old podcast um, to rank in America, for me, it was just a really great feeling. Uh, I'll read out a review. Kim D246 has left a review saying, my favorite podcast, listening since the first episode. This information is so helpful. And as a dietitian, I get my clients to listen to help debunk all the myths of the manipulating and targeted social media out there. I have clients asking about most of the topics. So Tara to the rescue. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, Kim. Uh, Nikita has also said thank you for such a refreshing podcast and also um, C. Jug, I hope I'm saying that correctly, has said Tara is incredible. She unravels the cobwebs of wellness misinformation with an evidence-based, sensible, sustainable and food-positive approach. She's an asset to the nutrition and health industry. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for leaving a review. I wish I could leave, uh, read them all out, but I'll choose another couple to read out next episode. Stay tuned for more episodes coming up. If you haven't listened already, go back and listen to The Truth on the Golly Apple Cider Vinegar Gummies, which is a really good one, and also The Truth on ice about Isogenics. Anyway, my little six-year-old is lying here. She's tapping me on the leg saying, when are you going to finish, Mum? When are you going to finish? So I better finish. I'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>